Hey everyone, it's Daniel, and this is Zadie. Thanks for listening to the Stand Down Podcast. Everyone who listened to the first episode and gave really cool feedback and encouragement on Facebook and Reddit and Twitter. Much love. I got over 100 views, which is 10,000% more than usual. Appreciate that. Uh, But that's not why I'm doing this, of course. Anyway, uh, enjoy today's interview with Timmy Lassley, uh, one of the first comedians I met in Denver and a big part of the scene still just keep in mind in the background she had this like beautiful zen fountain that might at some points just kind of sound like an old man trying to pee i you know didn't intend it it's just kind of what happened we're gonna work on these things in the future thanks so much everybody enjoy welcome timmy oh i thank you Hey, thanks for being here. Welcome to my room. In your own room. <laughs> this used to be your room. This did used to be my room. And then your girlfriend moved in. O-M-G. She I gave did. you the big bedroom. She surrendered the master bedroom <laughs> of the comedy condo. And uh, yeah, this, this apartment's been through quite a few comedians. It's true. And now I guess James is the only one that really does it. <laughs> Regularly? With any sort of regularity. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. There's some Denver comedy past here in this apartment, and uh, I'm sure that will undoubtedly come up in our our discussion today about the comedy world and and what makes comedians not necessarily quit comedy, but just have to pause or just adjust their comedy pacing or somewhere between the world of not doing comedy and doing comedy all the time, there's kind of doing comedy. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in that area and have been. We're exploring uh, the depths of that. You appropriately enough are as well. Yeah. And it happened fast. Did it? I didn't even make a conscious decision. I just was like, this isn't making me happy right now. And so I did less and less and less of it. It just snuck up on you. And you yeah. just And was it open mics first that suffered or what how did um, how did it Because well, you still get booked. You still and she's still available to book everybody. Yeah, sure. And and honestly, I prefer out of town gigs because there's a lot less pressure. <laughs> what? I can because just of what? Go to a little town in the middle of Nebraska and do my twenty that I know works, mm. and not have to worry about like all of that. You you asked you asked what uh what what suffered first, and it was definitely the writing first. Mm. Like I hadn't really like nothing was intriguing me or you know sometimes I feel like I got really bogged down in in the process of discerning for myself like like because um because there are so many uh different styles out there and 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 there's so many different ways to do it like you can become kind of bogged down in like all the different ways to do it and the different quote-unquote rules and like Mm. you just like all of a sudden you're like oh well I've heard somebody already talk about that and like so instead of just having this free-for-all of like creative here I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this like you Mm -hmm. judge it or I judge it one might judge but definitely me Mm. (laughs) I judged it before it even left my mouth yet you know sure before you before even like put pen to paper I had like have already shot it down yeah totally totally Mm. so it was like this this battle with my own insides and I'm still like I'm still bumping up against that I've I've definitely it's been probably about a year since I've really started to 
step back right. consciously. So how long did you do stand-up? Um, about nine years, nine and a half years. Okay. And then just for some context, I moved here five years ago and ended up moving into taking another comedian, uh, Elliot uh, Woolsey. Have you lived in this apartment for five years? I think just going on. So I must have, I must, I'm got to be on like six and a half. Yeah. You lived there with Kristen Rand, right? Um, I took over Kristen Rand's spot when she moved to L.A. Uh, sure. And it was like right as the lease changed over, and and it was like you know renewal time, so it worked out nicely. And right, and we lived here with Megan Shehey, who uh-huh, we'll, uh-huh, I'm gonna uh-huh. get on this podcast eventually. Oh yeah, because <laughs> um, <laughs> she's uh, another fun and passionate person who no longer does comedy, and, uh, and she's a hilarious human being. Yeah, She's so funny. Yeah, and it was funny to watch her go through her uh, comedy infatuation phase where she like scrawled on the back dumpster comedy forever it's still out there i see it how long did your um comedy infatuation last a good few years yeah Uh, and and i too am like of the self-critical school so i definitely wanted to i wanted to absorb so much before i made a fool out of myself even though it's inevitable to make a fool out of yourself it's just what kind at one point for (laughs) what reason it's true um but yeah, I I absorbed for years podcasts and books and specials and all that kind of stuff. Really, and and, uh, and then I got to a certain point after maybe maybe like four plus years where I was like, okay, I need to slow down my consumption and ramp up my production. Well, yeah, because at what so point do you like just exactly you start influenced. like mimicking other people as opposed to like coming up with your own expression? Right. I mean, something. that's how you have to start. They say, you know, is, I mimic, never did is lightly, that. I mean, even if you're unconsciously mimicking the people well, you that, love, yeah, you're, of course ado- I'm, you're adopting I'm, something I'm to lean on. I'm mimicking everyone at every moment of every day. <laughs> I am the product <laughs> of all that has come before me. <laughs> Will you ever be the you, right? And then you shave off what's not you, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, like, honestly, like, like, that's kind of why I've stepped back is like shaving off things that aren't me. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, to the end of being a co- better comedian, but like to the end of being happier and more me. <laughs> I mean, like that. In <laughs> that the was end, part of the process. That, You're like, I wrote a great joke, and now the next step, better than a joke, is to stop telling jokes to, <laughs> to reach me. <laughs> like, it's true. It's kind of true. And I don't. I don't mind that, honestly. Like, what's interesting to me in this past year is is how much how apparent it has become to me that other people have pinned this as that me being a a comedian is something that other people hang their hat on about me. Does that make sense? Yes. That it's such such an integral part of who you are. To other people. My my friend, Timmy, who's a comedian. Absolutely. And it's funny because my best friend, she's a musician and musicians are very similar to comics in in a lot of ways because they're that performer mm-hmm. and you do have to go out and you have to have an audience to really like feel like you're getting something out of it. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe that's a little bit different. No, there's a lot of amazing can, parallels whatever. between the two. There's so much in common. But but like like musicians definitely have this 
like, like, ooh, who are you? Oh, you don't do what I do, so I don't have to listen to you or pay attention to you. In a normal conversation that doesn't have anything to do with music, mm. they just kind of are like, you're a non-entity. You're not on my level. Until someone proves, until, until someone, like, trots out your credentials. And then they're like, oh, I guess I can, like, talk to you like a person now. Mm, you got to break so, through like, a certain my, barrier. My very bre- best friend in the world, like, mm-hmm. she does that for me. And she's like, oh, this is my best friend. She's a comedian. And like that, like that's an instant does break. it for people. That's and an you're instant like, break when you're a oh, musician. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay, so you get it. And like we're musicians on the level. Be comics, comics I mean, you're be different musicians. than me, but like also, like yeah, okay. Now we're now we're seeing eye to eye. But it's right. funny to me because because all of the things that are true about me already, like the 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 things that actually make me me and led me to becoming the the person that would tell jokes on stage. Mm-hmm. already like those are already inherent in me and like i don't need the label in order to have the esteem for mm-hmm. myself for other people for the world at large apparently you do but for myself i really don't and the, i the label of being called a comedian hate, when you are a comedian well the label of you know i hated i hated that when i was a, an actor too okay um because my degree is in theater and and when people would meet me and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I, I act. Like, you would just see this glaze come down over their <laughs> eyes. Yeah. And they just, like, they pigeon-told you. They, they pinned you in the wall like a little bug. They're right. like, oh, that's what this specimen is. And that's uh-huh. all the further they needed to dig into who you are as a person. They've mm. already got, like, these these locked and loaded things. And then you have to chisel away at that and, like, make space for yourself for like the reality yep. of you in their in their in their worldview, right? Did you and find I just they got always, tired of that? Did they find they always classified you into a certain niche? Like, oh, oh she's a oh she's a weird f- community theater actress who does like plays with blood everywhere, or like she does, I have she's done a those. weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, usually it's just like the stereotypes of of like being an ingenue or like being um flaky and dramatic oh like or... things about your personality yeah right. people would make these huge not the kind of actor stereotypes, you are but the kind of person you are just blanket stereotypes oh, oh you must that. be extroverted oh you must like talking right. in front of people which like i i do and i don't like, most stand-up comedians that's a very ex- mixed answer i want to know what i'm gonna say i want to know what the plan is i want to know what the beats are i want to know right. i mean that's theater and comedy like i want to know what the beats are like it doesn't have to be word for word as long as i get the idea across in the timing that it needs to happen sure. and like right um but yeah i just got so tired of like being defined by what i do yeah here's the number one uh terrible thing most comedians can sympathize with what do you do you meet someone new they find out you're a comedian oh wow tell me a joke fucking come on who right? does that anymore like haven't we all talked about that on podcasts enough that the, the think, public right? at large knows not to do that we're like, not at 100 percent yet ugh. <laughs> Even back then, I mean, like, what Tell me did a you joke. have a go-to answer back when you started? And no, I never did. Yeah. None of my jokes have ever really translated well. I mean, right? First, first, there's getting to the point where you realize, like, stand-up doesn't translate to what people expect here. Yeah. How do I either no, engineer? Just, they a want quip a street joke. What or, they want is a street joke. Just right. tell them a joke your grandpa told you. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, leave it at that. Be like, no, I didn't write it, but here's a joke. Here's a, here's a classic. Sure. I mean, then, <laughs> I mean, you already tell. Hit them with the aristocrats. <laughs> yeah, read the room. That's good. Uh, you know, I guess that makes sense because um, if they know enough about comedy, they won't ask that question. But if they yeah. don't know anything about comedy, they won't care that you gave them a recycled street joke. Absolutely. That is very well said. Hmm. It's totally true. I don't know. I when I when I do when I have done dating apps in the past, mm-hmm. um, I was quickly uh, skewed away from even mentioning mm. that I was comedian. Oh my god! It's just every guy. Oh you! Oh, tell me a joke, Hardy. No, really, what it is is them just like pumping you for information on how they can get started. <laughs> That's really what it is. Like what? they're like, well, if you can do it, then I can do it. It's this. <laughs> I mean, it's the reason why we love men. Why the the sacred masculine is so wonderful and beautiful is like because they're just like, oh, I can do that. Right. Oh fuck yeah, that. <laughs> oh, I've never done that in my life. I'm nailing it. <laughs> right. Put <laughs> zero thought into what it takes and just be the best. Yeah. Fuck. But I just I, yeah. And that's I, amazing that on an app where men are notorious for just thinking with their dicks, to actually put all that aside for a second and be like. You know what? I've reconsidered my career you possibilities. Know what? I have dreams as well. <laughs> no, but honestly, like I was always That's in weird. drama and shit like that. Like, like I was a dramatic actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never like a comedy person. You never rarely. Ended up... I mean, I was great I mean, at it, it was but like of... people just didn't really see me in those roles. You know, like, more... what did they see you as? Drama. The drama, Medea. like the fire, the the drama roles, either like, that the, or like the wailing, either that or like the meek, the meek like best friend mousy, like what, what? Uh, or or when I was cast in comedies, it was like the big character actress who's like the nutty person who just breezes through the scene, mm. doing weird shit, and then breezes out. That was that was me. Gotcha. But I'm funny all on my own. I make a great straight man though. I mm. really do. I'm good at that shit. You know enough about comedy to play both sides. Well, I, sometimes I honestly feel like I'm better at straight man because, like, because it takes a certain kind of personality to want to be the one to hit the punchline every time. Right. And I am not that person. Like, I'm. You don't need I'm, to be. The, I don't need to be. The I like Jordan to be now. Dunk. I love to be when I and I will. Sure. I will take the ball and I will do the thing if right. like nobody else is doing the thing that I'm seeing needs to be done. But I'm really good at sitting back and setting people Letting up. Letting it happen. Making setting it. Setting people up. Right. And it's it's a little sad to me that I've never in my in my comedy career thus far found like a person that I really click with that like gets that. Mm. That I don't feel like I have to like like where the where I don't feel that the expectation is competition. Yes. I don't like just that. Pure, like, Ooh, that's another reason why I'm not doing comedy so a, much anymore. Th- that's a fantastic I am not a competitive person. Topic. Sometimes yeah. sometimes I, I mean I can be, but like oh, my man. base You're level opening all kinds of great worms here. It isn't that. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking I mean, that's two totally awesome and valid discussions. One about comedy duos <laughs> and the relationships that either foster or or the lack thereof. And then also, um, what you just said about right after that? What did you <laughs> Oh no, now I don't remember. <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> smoked our little being... joints yet. Yes, yeah. That's a good time to remind the, or clue in the, the listening audience at home that um, we're here surviving uh, COVID uh, America true. Week 2 this right is, now. This we're, is, uh, we're, 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 up. 
we're rounding out our first week of not leaving the house at all. Yeah, and uh, how's your quarantine going? You know, I've I'm I'm a natural kind of a not a shut in, not a hermit, but those things would apply. I, <laughs> I, I can I can entertain myself endlessly um, alone in my room, which is something I grew up in, and a lot of stand up comics can can uh, relate to. Uh, so. I'm kind of okay not going out. I'm great at it. And I'm getting a lot of projects done I'm like this. I'm kind of enjoying, um, like, not feeling the guilt the for guilt not of, going The out. FOMO is gone. Well, this what is, are all these comics doing? That's, I mean, now it's, that they it's undeniable to talk out. about. Yeah, there's a lot of people experiencing what we naturally I almost feel like, ooh, through. now will be my chance to get back out there because <laughs> everyone else will have had a break too and I ah. won't feel so awkward starting up again because that's really what it is. It's like, An equalizer. like I, I've been a little afraid to go out to open mics because I, I know that like what I need to do is just get my feet underneath me again. Mm-hmm. Tell the jokes that I have, work on some new ones, okay. like do right. the thing. Just Not reinvent the there, wheel, but just get back just to get work. Just get out there and get back to work. But it's hard because I know I am so rusty. Last time I was at Comedy Works, um, after my set, I was, it was, you know, middle of the show or whatever still. And I, I, I go back to the back, to the bar and I, I get a beer and I'm chatting quietly with one of the other comics there. Um... And he's not known for being the kindest of individuals. But like I said, yeah, I feel a little rusty or something like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you looked it too. And it wasn't a joke. And Uh, he meant every word of it. And I had felt good about where I was at. Uh Uh-huh. You know, in the right, you got knowing, back on knowing stage, where I was, and it wasn't thing. terrible, and I did all right. right. It wasn't like amazing. I wasn't going to bring down the house, but that sure. wasn't where my expectations were in the first place. Completely. And also, my expectations are rarely there, which makes it really hard to be a stand-up comic mm. if you can never like pump yourself up. You got to be a little to delusional to be like, I'm system. the best in the world. It's true. It's true. This. And I don't have that. The, Ooh, I that agree. was the other thing we were going to talk about. Competition. Compe- thank you. Competition. We got there. And just as a reminder, uh, the whole point of uh, getting around that was that we both have individual joints rolled by my wonderful girlfriend who also she's lives here. She's real good at um, it. She took a master She's shitting class. in my bathroom she, now. She <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a slang term. You have to figure out what that means. Um, <laughs> I have a, we both have joints rolled by her, taught by our other roommate, James Pate, who may or may not be on the show. He's still a comedian, but he's, he's definitely... He's still out there. Yeah, he's out there all the time, but he'd be a good person to talk to about someone who's kind of experiencing the the pluses and minuses in real time. Still going out there, but still every night coming home and weighing like, all right, this was good, this was bad, you know, do I want to go out tomorrow? Kind of... Which is something we all kind of get to. You said it snuck up on you. Um, so to go to go back before we get into the competitive thing. Um, so I've been living here around five years, and uh, I met you a few years before at the High Plains Comedy uh-huh, Festival uh-huh, when uh-huh. I started visiting here. And um, you were doing all kinds of stuff. You're doing stand up. You're doing sketch. Uh, yeah. You were. I think I, I saw you at um, Hair Bar or a. It was like Beauty the, Bar. Beauty Bar. Hair like Bar. The nail salon. <laughs> That's a totally different. The nail salon <laughs> slash uh, comedy venue slash venue, uh, which isn't around. It's anymore. an EDM club now. Without hair. I believe. Doing. Okay. No, yeah, no, it's totally different. They should put hair cutting back in there. Could work well. Um, 
But yeah, and you were dressed as an old prospector and a beard, and you're oh, doing oh, Cash McBride. Yeah, Cash McBride, Lady Doctor. That's what it was. It was a whole Lady Doctor that bit, um, which we need now more than ever. And uh, and you were you're one of the cornerstones of the scene for sure. And since then, you've managed to maintain that status of being kind of an integral part of the scene without necessarily being ever present as some people are. In well, the a scene. lot of that had to do with El Trito, of course, in mm-hmm. Comedy Room Room. El Trito is a bar that started doing, for the listeners, I know you know, Daniel. Before I could um, even ask the question, you answered it. <laughs> El Trito is, is, was a bar that um, closed down at the end of last year. Uh, Beloved. No, no, I mean, local, 2018. Beloved local December spot. 2018. Um, and uh, everything in this country has gone to shit since then. So, you know, <laughs> that was that's the... pretty telling. Dang. Pretty telling. That was event zero. <laughs> no, but it was a, a beloved a beloved bar by a lot of comedians, and they, they all came down. And, um, no, they, gave how... you, they gave you a space, which I know you won't toot your own horn here, but... They gave you a huge opportunity. He shifted the whole back room into a makeshift comedy club. Well, that took that took time, and we did it piece by piece, over by years. piece by piece. And I kept bugging him for this piece and that piece and that piece and right. whatever. And you like kicking and screaming, dragged him into creating no, what was no, essentially no, 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 a comedy no. club. We love you, Matt Orn. <laughs> he never kicked and screamed. And uh, he just like could he tried to run always, a business. He always met me <laughs> right. wherever he could, and I appreciate the hell out of that man. Yeah, Matt's um, the best. And that business owner. For sure. But Comedy Room Room definitely, like, because here's here's what it was. It wasn't that I was an integral part of the scene so much that I was in a really, really wonderful position to be able to help people do what they wanted to do. Almost you know? like you were integral to <laughs> a certain operation of the scene. Yeah, but, like... Timmy's a big non-compliment uh, like non, uh, <laughs> taker, so just keep that in mind as we go through. But yeah, so you put on tons of shows uh, in that room. From, I helped from people a, from realize the dreams of their shows. Exactly, and facilitated them wonderful people in whatever way. That and they I did could. all the work, and you were barely a part of That's it. That's true. Then uh, I wonder sometimes why it took so much of my time <laughs> <laughs> for how little I was actually doing. But there's no, it was a, great. a, a legendary Thursday it. open mic that was the late night place to be to That's hang out for true. so many years. Uh, you ran a show called Epilogue Comedy at the amazing. Mutiny I was the very bookstore. first show that they did there regularly. And it was that my first true. show in Denver that, oh, yeah. that I got to do when I hopped on it. Um, and so, yeah, now you, um, you've you scaled oh, back, but you still oh, run. Wait, you run wait, 51st wait. I wrote a play in there, too. I actually wrote two plays in Humble. the last 10 years. I've helped write and produce two plays. And very, very, both of them very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, so yeah, okay. So How maybe that, I well, can toot my own horn, Daniel. You, you, <laughs> you've proven me wrong. I'm pretty good at it. I tried to take the credit <laughs> away, but you you just scratched it away and earned it. Uh, how that's interesting. How did uh, playwriting factor into the the comedy hustle, which you were very much all Ooh, seemingly all in? Well, what is a play, especially a comedic play, but a loosely grouped bunch of jokes? Strung mm. together with character arc. <laughs> Interesting. That's all it was. Right. But no, that um, the first play we did came directly out of the sketch group. It was kind of like the capstone for everything that we did. Um, and it, we just wrote like 
scene by scene and kind of pieced it together, all the pieces that we had. And then the other one that I wrote in college. Um, no, this was this or was sketch group. You this said. was with uh, Mara and Kristen, Mara Wiles, Kristen Rand, mm-hmm. um, Cella Negro, and Melanie Carnup. The last two are musicians in town, but that was right. with our Ladyface sketch group. Um, and yeah, we we wrote a friggin' play together. Pretty cool. And, and then the second one was um, with it was much more of a theatery thing. It was with uh, uh, an improver, and and we basically like played these improv games to create the scenes that we then scripted and like fit together hmm. in a really cool Interesting. way. And so as someone who earlier said that you need to have your beats and scripts ahead of chance, there was enough meat there in oh, advance yeah. that you well, didn't mind the improv aspect? Right, and, and because of the... Well, it started as improv and then became a script. And then because of like how we actually like put up the production... And we were basically like taking an audience around this giant like ballroom that was set up like a gallery. So like they needed to like follow us around to different art pieces as we like basically did these bits at ah. them. And like so every it was a little different every avant-garde. time. And it was very avant-garde. It was so much fun. I was in like full uh like seventeenth century like French, like with the panniers and the, oh, the big fluffy everything. Yeah, like the the um you know the white white faces with the mole and my tits oh, up uh, to my chin and the fans and the damn. it was so much corsets fun. and yeah, all that. Yeah, it was so much fun. We had a blast. Um, you well, know, honestly, like like here's here's what it is. I don't feel like like taking a step away from stand stand up is it all in any way taking away from the trajectory of myself as an artist and a performer because because every little bit that I've added in my career as a performer thus mm-hmm. far has helped me do the next thing. Mm. So like, you know, I'm just like, I get into a situation, I get into an art form, I take what I need out of it, I learn so much, I grow as a person, mm. I def- find myself a little more i i get my taste together and my aesthetic together a little bit more with every new craft new opportunity new thing that i Mm. learn i just like put it all into the hole and i cannot wait to see what i do next Mm. and maybe it'll be stand-up maybe it'll be something else maybe i'll write a book who fucking knows you know like like i just want to take every experience that i can and integrate it into the whole in as opposed to Taking an experience and trying to make it the whole. Yes. What a healthy outlook that is. Oh, thank you. That's very healthy. Because I think, (laughs) you know, a lot of people get sucked into this, especially in stand-up, that it's like, man, if I just start young, hit the ground, do all all the stage time I can get, every mic, and then just keep doing that and I'll blow up and it's and it doesn't involve living life it doesn't involve experiencing yeah, anything outside of stand up life you're living it doesn't involve right let alone Are the, your, the what actual about your life spiritual you're living growth what about your relationships your in person. your life what about right. Like, are you having a good time along the path? Like, sure. are you having a good time right now? If you're not having a just, good time doing it, are you doing then anything? why are you fucking doing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you, life experience of not being good at stand-up is not enough experience to talk about in stand-up. Like, you that need, is 100% true. It's You need something. Um, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, to hear you... Interesting, though, you said that you haven't really clicked with like a true kind of duo or writing partner kind of thing yet i've seen you collaborate with so many people and i might have assumed that really stuck you know like nothing's mm -hmm. 
ever been like super like ah yes and like just like pistons firing pow 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 you know like yeah none of that combustion Mm -hmm. um chemistry comedy chemistry yeah and and it's not that i haven't had chemistry with people in small amounts absolutely i love working with mara wiles i love love, right because i would have assumed that she was like your at least sometimes while you're in the same city you know if if i'm being honest like i think she had to put up with a lot from me um me working through my own like insecurities bad and that. bad habits mm-hmm. and did she just, get a, like, she started before you and you felt under no her we, wing? um maybe maybe like she started like about a year before me and she came from more of a an improv background so everything was kind of loosey goosey like just go with it roll with it don't mm-hmm. judge it just put it out there mm-hmm. where I'm like more theater where I'm like where I'm like I'm like yeah but we can make this better but okay but let's do it six times uh-huh. before we even pick up the props and then we'll be fine you know it's right. just like such a different like sure. more like like you, pin you... all the corners down and then do the thing as opposed to like do the things the the corners will get pinned down to if they need to be and if not then it doesn't matter and like and i i do believe that somewhere in between the two is like how like magic happens right um so yeah it's always a combo but she's just so she's like a a pillar of self-confidence in this world she is like a beacon (laughs) unto unto the darkness of self-doubt she Mm -hmm. is amazing that way and i really admire her um Right, so there's, I mean, there's. So I think working like, with me was work for her. I mean, to you, be never, like, you never know what she picked up. up. <laughs> you never know what she took took from you. It's true. It's true. It's, it's totally true. <laughs> it, there's duos, and then there's just really close comedy friends that end up teaching us lessons, and we teach oh, them lessons. Of course, I mean, all of the people that I've ever worked with. Yeah, I mean, I had a duo. I thought I was gonna. That was a real big part of my comedy life for a while. That I thought was gonna go somewhere and then it ended up not and it it was it was really devastating for a while to to like envision a whole kind of future with someone and then it just doesn't work out or you realize that's not the right that's just not going to happen you know um well isn't it just like any relationship like you have to be able to like with a romantic relationship you have to be able to be alone and be good at being with yourself you have to like who you are when you're alone mm-hmm. before you can ever expect to be in a relationship with someone else and have them enjoy you too like like yeah. like if you don't like you then how could they like you <laughs> big time i like sketch a lot Some um sketch I uh, yeah I like I like the idea of 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 doing it live honestly like I know that's not <laughs> how our how our um system of entertainment is really set up it's not really f- for live things what do you mean Sometimes. our system of entertainment um because because uh, to to watch a live performance of of anything you have to be there at a certain time and it's not like built around your schedule and this is the time when it's happening and you have mm-hmm. to buy a ticket and show up and shut up and like right. pay attention and like all of that stuff. And like that's just not the way our systems of entertainment are built right now. It's like on demand when I want it, let me pause it, let me rewind it, let me like mm-hmm. it's just a totally different way of, of, of taking it in. Right. And I love more than anything, regardless of what type of thing I'm doing, I love live. I love it happening in the moment. I love it happening 
right in front of me. Like, right. like if you were, I mean, if you ask me what type of music I like, what's my favorite type of music? That's really, really hard question to answer mm-hmm. unless you allow me to say live. I don't know. Are they pl- is there a jug band playing on the corner right now? That's yeah. my new favorite music. That's right better now. than, it's than happening the right perfectly now. recorded music of other <laughs> artists. Or like, I, I don't know. The, sometimes. Because that's a great, it's a great <laughs> perspective to have in today's world now more than ever. Just, live entertainment has more value. I just want it to be value. done in front of me. Let me watch you it's do real. it. It's real. It's part. Let okay. me see it with all of the flaws. And let me, or, or you know, maybe let me be astonished and amazed and overwhelmed by how flawless it is done right in front of me. Like uh-huh. that is huge. That is so cool and so amazing. And of course I love like big grand, you know, like productions, like concert productions. Uh-huh. I love those too, but like stuff recorded for, for posterity. Sure, and yeah, the perfect, the pyrotechnics uh, and this and that, whatever, sure. but like it's still happening live in front of my eyes. That's mm. pretty cool. Interesting. So like, so like sketch comedy. I feel like comedy, like stand up comedy, is is one of the last holdouts of that because like you can watch it on TV, and any fan of comedy, if you've even seen one live comedy show in your life, you know that watching it on TV is a different, total different experience yes. than watching it live happening in front of you. Sure. And and for that reason, I mean that's part of the romanticism right. of of stand-up comedy and why I was drawn to it so much. I mean, there's a few reasons why versus, like, theater. Uh But, like, one of them is definitely, like, like, you just... There is no substitute. Mm. There is no substitute for a person live in front of you telling you a joke. And think about... Putting together a whole package of jokes for you to enjoy. Like, that's... There's no substitute for you here now. Because, yeah, I mean... I think we've only had to even think about that for only a few hundred years. If you th- think about like how long we've been able to record performances or experiences, oh, not even a hun- few hundred audio, like, like yeah, barely like yeah into the eighteens or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and, a couple uh, hundred. It's just... and people would just assume like yeah, all performances are great and tailored. And I mean, I wonder if people almost appreciated perfection in the way that like he sounded the same in Hamsburg as he did in Amsterdam sure why not you know for Beethoven's or something but now yeah now more than ever a real performance is special in a way that people not might not necessarily understand especially if you're new to entertainment a younger person a lot of people have still never been to a stand-up comedy show and but say that they're and it's more ubiquitous than ever yeah 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 Yeah, whether you see it on youtube for clips or full specials yeah and and of course you know going to see like a national touring headliner going to see uh you know tom john Mulaney, tom Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mulaney. his brother does a great act (laughs) he's great it's like a chris rock tony rock thing they're very good he's a Mulaney too (laughs) (laughs) yeah smashes a lot of fruit um yeah, going to see John Mulaney is going to be a very different experience than going to see a local show with even maybe, like, a great headliner who also nationally tours but mm. isn't, like, well-known. Like, it's just going to have a different feel. It's going to be presented in a different way. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other or one is, like, more precious to me than the other, but, like okay maybe i am saying that like <laughs> go, okay see the pe- go see the people that you've never heard of before that you don't know a thing right. about roll the dice on comedians that's what I'm saying. and if you hate right. it 
guaranteed either they're there for like 10 to 20 minutes or they're the headliner and you're not missing anything by getting up and leaving. Like, if you hate it, you don't have to watch it. That's also Mm -hmm. a very nice thing about live shit. Hmm. Just get up and go. Make your opinions heard by leaving. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Do you think uh, the the general population is becoming more or less educated as to comedy? Oh, it doesn't matter. Interesting. I don't think it matters. Because here's the thing. You're not creating comedy for... An educated audience or an uneducated audience. You're just creating comedy for the audience as mm. they are. Like, there is this, like, zenness to comedy where you really do just have to embrace the situation as it lays in front of you as opposed to trying to, like, you know, change it. In Game every well, room. I, I mean, like, I guess... I mean, I you guess, gotta read the room, but you can't overthink and be like, okay. I guess you are, like, is... subtly manipulating the room. Uh-huh. But, but you're... you're 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 doing it subtly and you're bringing them along with you so that they're in a different place than they ended up when you right you leave them different it's not than the focus it's a them. secondary thing is to tailor it to the room first is to say your truth and to say oh, what's funny i don't know right? i don't know about that i go back and forth because that. that's what i'm getting from what you're saying is oh, like you got to do you first and do what's funny and then secondarily you look at the room and then tailor it accordingly well, I mean, it would, okay. it's certainly let better me, than the reverse it than if you tailored your act purely on what you thought the room was about. Yeah, well, that's, in which yeah, case that's you exactly it. wildly like, mess up. You will not be funny if you aren't speaking from your place of truth. Right. Like, it's, people will see the fakeness funny? of it. So what do they, they will, think is funny? They will, they will notice the lack of authenticity. Mm. They will. People have good noses for it. Because it's a survival skill. Like, does this person mean what they say? That is a blanket, (laughs) base level, human survival skill. Hmm. Are they sincere? Do they mean what they're saying? Right. Which I think matters more than ever. And maybe didn't used to matter as much in comedy. Oh, I wonder. Back when people were more characters. Maybe when it was less personal and a little more jokey. I don't know. I do like personal comedy. I prefer it in a lot of ways. And I guess maybe that's part of why I, I knew I had to, like, take a step back. It's like... I was out of things to say that I wanted to share. And I, you know, like I, I was out of things that I knew for sure about myself that I was able to share. Does mm. that make sense? Like, yeah. like there was just, there's so much about myself that I don't, didn't know, don't know that I didn't, I felt like everything that I was writing and everything like that I was saying wasn't ringing true to my own ear. And, and words are so powerful, you know, and like you repeat something often enough and it becomes the truth to you. It becomes what you believe. It becomes it like has an effect on your psyche at some level. Like words are a spell, you know, like you, you say it over and over again, you will become come to believe it and so like when i see comics that base a lot of their act on their depression or this or that even if it's true when they wrote the thing it sucks when they have to like keep themselves in that place Mm. to continue to have that joke work for them and be true for them and you just see them like like full-on stopping their own personal development and growth to like keep themselves in this place so this joke still rings true and i hate that for them i get so mad for them i get so sad for them 
It's like keeping a wound open instead of yes. letting it heal. Just re- yes, tearing absolutely. it open again every night. Absolutely, and you're never going to fix the problem by continuously pointing out what's wrong with the problem. Mm, you know, wow. like comedy so inhibiting growth. So not just I doing, want to, you know, I want to, and it's really hard to write jokes about stuff that makes you happy. It's harder. <laughs> yeah, there's no co- conflict. There's, yeah, yeah there's... <laughs> no injustice. There's nothing funny about someone being like, "Hey, my life's great." Let me tell you how great it is. I mean, wouldn't that be great if I could? Well, I mean, there's a way to I mean, get already there. Already, I'm like, well, actually, I could like, subvert it. And, yeah, right. it's like my life is great, and then you describe like a it's really piss poor sounding life, but like the person keeps finding the silver, the silver lining of it, like right, exactly. <laughs> Ugh, but at least my dog doesn't have fleas or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, it's it's harder to do that, and so that almost it's, ties into the like miserable artist argument like yeah do you have to suffer for art i don't want to suffer for anything when when you become happy does your art suffer outside of maybe childbirth i don't (laughs) think that there's anything that i have put on my plate for the future that i would willingly suffer for Mm. you're no longer convinced that if a thing promises growth through suffering that you can't reach it a different way oh that's a good way to put it yeah yeah i like that i like that like Mm. shouldn't i mean here's the thing like yeah get up and and grind at comedy but like are you having a good time Mm. or are you grinding your own self into dust like are you are you the corn being milled or are you the fucking grinding stone like which one are you either way do you know yeah do you even know i think that's the heart of the podcast almost it's like am i humoring them or are they humoring me with my career here um is the grind and to play devil's advocate the grind uh how necessary because i'm not going to say it's unnecessary and i think to a certain point you need to have a certain kind of grind but grinding in itself has come to drudgery pain monotony doing any activity you have to fail at it to get better at it but when are people grinding purposelessly and and grinding themselves to nothing when they need to be rebuilding or re, revitalizing the or rewriting. The axe is sharp right now. Right. Are, but chop are some sh- trees with it. Chop it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go chop some trees. See if the design works. Does your axe work right. as a design element? Yes. <laughs> Do you need to go back to the drawing board? You put like a frilly <laughs> handle on it. Is that helping your grip or is it not helping the grip? Yeah. I, I remember... Um, Years and years ago, um, being at an open mic, was the open mic had ended and some folks were just standing around talking and Ben Roy had just come from the club to come and do the open mic. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you just, you have to love the work of it. Mm-hmm. And it was in like a much larger context than just that. But like that little snippet is stuck with me. You have to love the work of it. Right. And I really do think that like if you... If you're grinding just to grind, and it is, it does feel like trudgery. It feels like, ugh, it feels like work. It feels like rough. It feels unsatisfying. Diminishing. Then, like, yeah, then what is the point? What's the point? Like, so you really do have to love the work of it. And if you can't love the work of it, maybe you should set it down for a minute. Hmm. Like, I wasn't loving the work of it. You know, right. I, I uh, three or four years ago, I got an office job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quit 
massage therapy full time and I got an office job and like that was just such a big shift and so draining in so many ways. Right. Like that's kind that of echoes our last episode. I really didn't how, like how what your day job is can really it was so hard to go out and be around people or do hmm. things and and like I just didn't have time to like ruminate. Like that's what I really need. In order to write what I found is that I really need to just shove everything off my plate and just kind of ruminate. Hmm. It's when I it's when I jam pack my schedule so tightly with so many things and I don't give my own brain enough room to breathe that I stifle all creativity. Like you think like, "Oh, I'll sit down and I'll write now and then decide to and be then, creative at and this then, moment." And then, you know, like I'll go and I'll line up all these things and I'll have all these shows and I'll have all these things and you forget to give yourself time to write that actually works. Like for me, sitting down to write mm-hmm. has never worked. Ever, ever, ever. I just need, I need space in my brain, time in my brain to not do anything. Mm-hmm. And then that's when like, and I, and then I don't and even have the to write. And butterflies come out and you can They just them. kind of, they just kind of like pop up out of the void that yeah. is my brain. They just pop up out of nowhere. Usually, honestly, some of my best bits have popped up mostly fully formed. And then and then it's like years and years of refining and like chiseling away and adding to and this and that. So you've got something really, really great. But like like the basic the basic Whoa. ideas of most of my best bits uh, have come fully formed up right. out of my brain. It's not like you I found like, a clue and you're brain. like, Oh, let me follow that. Oh wait, follow that. That's hilarious. You always you find I'm like that is hilarious. You find the treasure right away and you work and then, backwards. And then a lot of times it's so like, like Yeah, it's like it's like an archaeology dig or something. Mm. It's like you stumble across a bone and then you're like oh, T Rex head. That is a bone. That is one hundred percent a bone. I see that this is a bone and then you start like Dusting. digging at it and then you realize that oh there's a lot of bones here. Mm. Like that is a bone fully formed and already ready to go. Right. But there's a lot more here that I can Before but I like, can display but that only bone happens. That to... only happens when I give myself the the the, hmm. the room and the time and the honestly the the nothingness. My life just got so busy that I wasn't giving myself the nothingness that uh-huh. I know personally that I need in order to create anything worthwhile. Right. That's and I think that's very different that's a huge than point for a lot of people. I think, yeah. I don't so? know. I mean, do you think that just in some way that if everybody was a little less busy, that there would be some little fire in their life that I they'd want to nurture, really, whether it's really, comedy or really hoping sewing? Or... That that is something <clears throat> wonderful that comes out of this huge societal shift that we're going through right now. Completely. There are so many opportunities in this societal shift. Like, uh, like to have so many people all at once have to slow down and have to take <laughs> a breather and have to reprioritize, yeah. I think that's not a bad thing. There's, and there's I know a crazy that there amount of silver linings there, to this horribly deadly pandemic. Terrified economically and... and Over 10,000 deaths at this point. For all you future listeners listening back to thinking how cute and uh, not panicked we are about this, possibly. Um, I I mean, here's the thing. It's like we are only going to get out this other side of this thing by restructuring our society. Like, that's it. That's it. Like, we have to restructure. In order to be okay, and in order to make it out through the other side of this thing, we have to restructure. There's so many things in our society that just weren't working 
aren't working and they were only there because it was the way that we've always done it. And we could ignore it because there's always some new stuff happening. There's always a new thing. And now all the new stuff has stopped. And we just are left with all this old bullshit. And we're like, well, I guess I got to sort through some of this bullshit now. I mean, honestly, this is like amazing because it's like (laughs) a complete metaphor of what I've done with myself for the last year regarding (laughs) comedy. How so? so? (laughs) Just because I have to, I have to, you know, all, all, comedy production except for the most essential has stopped uh-huh. i have done some shows like you know like i've done shows in the past year like but it's been like maybe one or two a month and i haven't done a show since right now in 2020 i did 51st jokes which was great and i had jokes and i wrote them and that's they were big, great yeah i think that's <laughs> like one of the big things that keeps you a comedy presence too in the in the scene too because oh my my once yearly show you keep up but it's a big <laughs> that's a big show to to be it's in a, charge of it's a lot of work to put on yeah but we've got it down to us an art a science and that's why people some people have think you have that gatekeeper aspect where <laughs> you're holding never, them back in comedy i have never kept anyone back in comedy <laughs> except yourself Uh, just like all of us well i mean that is really the truth of it it's like you are the only person that can keep you back in comedy and when people talk about comedy gatekeepers i just want to uh, my brain just goes back to like theater gatekeepers and how really okay so theater you get an audition Mm. and you prepare for the audition and you go and audition and then you might get a call back Mm -hmm. And then you might get another callback after that. And then you might get cast. And then you've got two months of rehearsals. And then finally, at the end of that whole long process, you get an audience. You get to be in front of an audience. There's so many more gates to get through. Hmm. And such a process. And so many... So many places where someone could be like, "Oh, you're not what we're looking for." So many checks. Yeah. Are, are, are these so many all, all these gates legitimate in your uh, opinion? Well, I mean, like it makes a better product. Like in theater. Well, I mean, people have to audition because, like, there can only be one of this character unless you've also got an understudy. But like, you know, sure. like one person gets the role, and that's the way it is. So, right. like, you have to. You really Try gotta make everybody. sure to find the right person, right? And like you call them back because like because it it isn't just about that person's skill level; it's about how they work with the other elements that you're trying to pull how in. They fit so into it's this the big picture. it's this dynamic thing. So yeah, you've okay. got to have all these checks checkpoints. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not railing against the checkpoints sure. at all. Just but just like making a note, yeah. But, but in comedy, but in comedy, you put your name on a list, and then you get to do it. Period. The end. It's when not, people talk about gatekeepers, the gates, I mean, the gates comedy. in comedy are more like the people booking the independent shows, the people booking the club venues, and then if you manage to get higher than that, people in the agents and the theaters and all that kind of I festivals guess. and that. But but I can see how but like there's so you know, many to, other <laughs> to a new comedian, the entire scene can seem like gatekeepers because everyone has more clout than you at a certain point. When you're new. And, oh my god, uh, all those people with their apartment door closed, they have their, doors uh, closed, they're gatekeepers. The they're wo- not letting me into their room. <laughs> I should be I should have access to every room in this in this building right now. Mm. Because and, I'm here now. And, That's ridiculous. Do you think there's more entitlement in comedy than there is in theater? Because people have a more humble 
approach to theater than comedy mm. or or not it's certainly not because of humility <laughs> yeah because you, you met some actors it. who are like i should be the lead and i just well, started no, it's just that like, you think that of course you should i should be headlining that. right away yeah well it's that it's that de- denial we were talking about earlier like it's that confidence level you gotta have that confidence level the ego the confidence uh, yeah Person- i mean here's yeah, what yeah. it is is that <laughs> at the end of the day i feel two ways about everything that we're talking about like i see both sides of it and I feel two ways about it, and this is why I quit comedy. Because I'm like, yes, but no. Right, but two yes, steps forward, two no. steps back, two steps in another direction. I can completely relate to Just that. Just walking around in, in the circles way here. As soon as an idea leaves my mouth, I'm I've already considered the counter idea, and I'm already <laughs> getting ready to throw that out, encountering my own idea. Right, right. Like, and, and people, it's hard to take somebody seriously when they're discounting themselves before you even get a chance to. <laughs> So yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? Indeed. What the fuck? I don't know. Shall we? Did I let's spark up these joints? Let's spark apart. Clink, clink. Spark apart. Containment approved. Um, individual joints. All all the marijuana user enjoy. It helps the the time go by and uh, stimulate. But no passing and puffing. It's all Bogarden. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if I'll go back to comedy. Honestly, that's one of my questions. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, you're not technically away. Like you're done, in a gray done. area. That's, how, that's kind of where done, I am. Because, like, I still all the time want to go back. people ask me to do shows, I yeah. say yes. Uh-huh. And I go and do them. <laughs> do people ask, hey, where you been? Or do you, no. are you doing anything? Honestly, or? and, and here's, here's kind of a bummer point for me, is I thought I had friends in comedy until I stopped going around comedy and none of those people reached out to me talked mm. to me i mean i didn't it goes both ways no, no, i didn't reach out to them either yeah, it's interesting it's like but a, like but it's, it's like, like work friends almost exactly exactly and i thought that some of these people were my friend friends and now i realized that i had work friends and not friend they were friends. colleagues and i was like oh oh mm. and see i feel like it would behoove a lot of younger comedians to not do it in like a weird you know like mean way or in a way that like cuts you off from the actual like cool interactions you're having with people but like to to just know that that's part of what's happening is that these are not your best friends these are your colleagues and i do feel like a lot of comics i know i know it it was a definitely a portion of it for me was like i needed a new social thing i had mm-hmm. just broken up with a guy that i had been with for almost six years we lived together for four of those years like we were pretty insular. Mm-hmm. And then when that ended, like I had to do something with my time and had to be social somewhere. And, you and know, comedy like, filled that hole? Absolutely, it filled that hole. Interesting. So are you saying that people should still embrace Go the comedy out. relationships, but don't rely on them 100%? Well, or... I, I'm just saying how it happened for me, I guess. <laughs> and also, part of it was that, like, I don't think that I. <laughs> Necessarily, like, super-duper clicked with a lot of people. Like we were saying about comedy duo stuff. Like, I just... I haven't ever found anybody... Where, I found amazing people that I love very much and who I appreciate, like, their being and existing and whatever. But, like, have I found somebody that I, like, super want to confide in and, like, share stuff outside of comedy and, like, mm. really be, like, close friends with? Right. 
I, there are some people I would love to see if that's where it goes with, but like, because of the nature of it, it's a lot rarer. It's not how, it's just not how it happened for me, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I feel like most people at least have one or two people that they kind of lean on and you, you break, I mean, I, you break I, through more than the comedy okay. small talk, but at the same point, I have, I have relation. There are two or three comics out there that I definitely have relationships with mm-hmm. and they're complex and they're interesting. And honestly, in some ways, it's I, I liken them more to like my sister, hmm. like a sister, um, where it's like, I know you, I know you. We don't always get along all the time, but I know you and I appreciate you and I'm there for you right. whenever you need it. But like, we don't have to be best friends and we don't ever have to like pretend to like each other all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, like it's a, a very honest relationship. Comrades which I in battle. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like you may not be best friends with the soldier next to you, but you have a connection with him that you have with no and one it, else in normal society. And it means society. so much. It, it right. means so much. I'm, I'm so appreciative for the time that I've spent in comedy. It's Yeah, how has it changed you? How do you feel... Um, you know, had you not done comedy, A, what would you be doing and how would you be a different person in this I multiverse? I honestly could not tell you what I would be doing if I hadn't been doing comedy. I guess theater, but even by then. Because you were already in the arts, right? Like, I didn't... So you would have found another, if not comedy, then another similar well, kind I... of expressive See, art form. See, isn't that, isn't that exactly the place I'm in right now? If not comedy, then it's always going to be something. What next? It's always going to be something. But it, now it's going to be infused with comedy no matter what it is because you've... I understand the rules better. Like, I always, like, innately understood comedy. I was always a funny person. Right. But now I I understand the tool of comedy more. I know how to wield it a little bit better. Certainly not perfectly, and there are people that do it better, but, like... Goes without saying, but I know how to to wield it more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, You, uh... You don't think, do you think if you didn't do stand-up, you would have eventually found your way to it? Or would there have been something that might have scratched that itch that you never would have started? Like if you got into improv even, or if you got into like a court, barbershop quartettery. Hmm. That's a really good question. Fuck yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> um... Or that means I, it's a really bad question. I, you know, <laughs> I could no, go either way. I, I, I think that... I think I would have... I would have bounced off the walls a lot longer in this lifetime than I will... Than I will now. Like, if I hadn't, I would have bounced off the walls a lot more. If you hadn't found comedy, you wouldn't if have I found something found as consistent or steady, you think? Because what comedy has done for me, specifically in my own person, is it has really helped me to define my sense of self. Because there's almost nothing more personal to a person than what they find funny. Hmm. And to really, like, explore that in yourself, be like, to get at the heart of, like, who you are through what you find funny and funny enough to repeat and funny enough to be like well they're not getting it yet let me tweak it let me tweak it let me tweak it right till you till you because it's the process of defining something well enough for somebody else to understand it it's i mean it's a totally because it's a Mm -hmm. almost solely language-based thing until it isn't till it's physical comedy you know but um 
for me, I'm, uh, it's a wordy thing for sure. It works both ways. We got our audio and our video. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but uh, for me, I'm I'm more of like a word based sort of person in the first place. So like, right, some some comedians translate better to to strictly audio than others. And you think you translate a little better because you're more. Ooh, word, maybe word not though, because it is about body language. I mean, it a is lot of about body language more than even what I'm saying sometimes. No, but you See, have now I don't know what I'm talking about. Things, <laughs> but yeah, you can endlessly uh, chase your own tail here. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I just. Um, well, I lost that thread. That's enough of this weed. Uh, Thanks, Nicole, the for, the, for the joint. Yeah, I'll put um, mine out for now. No, I. I, I I think that what comedy has done for me is 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 to help me figure out who I am in a way that I don't want to say it was a shortcut, but in my it head got, I was like a fast it pass. Got almost. to the heart of it, and it did it a direct in route some rather than a, a rougher route. way than I because I didn't always have a good time of it. There was so I mean you're exposing yourself to oh, the kinds of criticism that most oh, people never experience. Then that the, the because they don't want, like, that is why the fear of public speaking is so high, is because, like, you are opening yourselves up to... A fate worse than ooh, death. Ooh, you are opening up yourself to have to consider the perceptions of other of others about you. Mm. And that is so hard. Jumping into and, other people's and heads. And it sometimes, like, isn't even useful to you. Because you're like, oh, you that person right. thinks I'm a dork or whatever. You're like, oh, and then it colors the way that you behave in the room. And meanwhile, they just have indigestion. Sure. And you read their face wrong. (laughs) Maybe, but sometimes you know, and you're like, oh, that person has real disdain for (laughs) me. You're like, the entire crowd has indigestion right now. It's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, everybody's got bad gas tonight. Go to the bathroom, let it out. You don't need to appreciate (laughs) me more. Yeah. Uh, No, but you you really do have to care what other people think. Hmm. And... Interesting, because do you think there's a comedian that says you can't care what anyone thinks? Oh, absolutely. Oh, they are perfectly both. Oh, it's like a spectrum and you got both of those things on either end. But comedians are like the the warp teleport point between one. We can exist in any and all points. It's like where the white white in a yin yang, you know, comes down. and Yeah, the dot. It's it's the white dot in the the dark. It's like that point where it all like tumbles back they are completely they are where the Mm. ends meet each other they are 100% confident completely insecure they are 100% um, involved in how they are perceived and what other people think of them and yet they also have to not give a shit they have to be completely aware Mm. and also not allow that to change the big picture of what they're doing and who they are and what they're expressing. That is mind-bogglingly difficult. That is a high-wire act live in front of us. Oh, my God, I love it. Why did I ever quit Uh, (laughs) stand-up? I know. I feel like this podcast is kind of just a road to me getting back into stand-up, but I don't know which way it's going to lead, and I'm happy to just walk it no matter where it's going. I think self-exploration is what's so exciting about it. Like, who wouldn't wouldn't love, like, a chance to really... and, and, And a fun chance... A fun chance to plumb the depths of your imagination and and who you are and what you believe, and then to play with all of that, right. to like to just to just set it on its head sometimes, and like mm. like to, here's this thing that we all think about. Let's set it on its head and see, and then. 
talk about what we see. Right. That's fun. You, you know, the way it's you put fun. that, it makes so much sense because people love filling out little surveys. What's your favorite food? Who's your favorite actor? It's like that, but a couple steps further yeah, down the line. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. Who the fuck are you? What injustices are prevalent in your head? What would be creative ways to address those injustices? Oh, yeah. And how can you package them in a way that or everyone like, can understand? man, fart sounds are funny. But what if they were like this? <laughs> it's both of those things. Quack, quack. I love it. I love comedy that way. Like, like honestly, growing up, I never really appreciated fart jokes. I didn't think farts were that funny. And even now, sometimes I'm like, okay, guys, grow up, whatever. Uh-huh. But A lesser form. I have learned to appreciate mm-hmm. the comedy art of farts. I'm going to just take a, a silent but deadly moment. Uh of silence for that notion. That's a, you know what? The way you, the way you said it. <laughs> Nice one, Ooh. Daniel. Stinker. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the pop music of comedy. Like, Britney Spears, you know, there's a point where you can be like, ugh, it's manufactured, it's stupid, boy bands, or the... Sure. But on the other hand, it... It fucking moves. It gets it gets people on a dance floor for what it is. It it captures a I moment like in time. I feel like at this point, let's just like we it, really shouldn't know. use Britney Spears as the pop example anymore B- because BTS. her life is art. Oh, she's you know? transcended pop. So like pop. she has, in my opinion, transcended pop. Hmm. It is she is well like, noted. Fair enough. She's got a. A, what's the word gestalt all of her oh, own is that am yeah. i using that word right she's right. got like a momentum mm-hmm. that is totally yeah not solely pop like that's where it started but that's she true. has infused it with dated her own example shit. painfully dated B- B- bts it's britney bitch Boys group. <laughs> um, whatever know. makes you happy right exactly and then i got to a point where it's like it's all just fucking move your booty yeah. you know what are you moving uh, yeah. your booty to but, these but days? Fart, what are you listening but, to these days? Jokes. You got all this. You got all this time, Daniel. Now that you're not doing stand up, that's right. What music you listening oh, to? Oh man, um, I wish I had a cool artist, but oh, it's pretty much just listening cool... to video game soundtrack music. Yeah, you were. I was <laughs> but just like about jazz to say, versions of it Chrono was Trigger really soundtrack good. of '90s Super Nintendo RPGs remixed in fun ways, and sometimes not remixed, and sometimes orchestrated. Chrono Trigger. Uh, go listen to it. It's a fantastic soundtrack, even if you've never played the game. It um, is really good. I was cooking my eggs, making my breakfast the other day, just like kind of bopping around to what Daniel had going yeah. on. Yeah, my my sister who owns a record store and is like the pulse of music in She's my life. So cool. She she'd be very disappointed in me for not naming like oh the the Kremulon twins and like <laughs> the, the Flipstick Complex and and Grumple Hunks. Like, okay, now I know you're making them up. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Grumble. Wasn't sure yeah, until so. that last one. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a tie into music and stuff. You diverted me. Sorry, Ooh, yeah, I you? just got curious. And... I'm like, I want to ask the question back to you, but also it doesn't have I'm like anything trying to, to do figure with out what we're talking about. If I can about. relate it back to comedy somehow, and I don't we think we just had a little joint and didn't want to talk think about this <laughs> <laughs> So you talked, yeah, you uh, ever think of going back? We talked about it. Every day. Um, do you ever see yourself going back in a way where you devote yourself fully to it in that grind? Or will it be like, now I do so many things that it will be a part of this cool machine that I build. Whether it be a theater, comedy, art, music, whatever. Or, or will I really go back and like walk the comics path? What does that mean? Walk that means the comics path? Because, throw yourself into comedy 100%. Here's what, this, what that... 
why that doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what is at the end of that path. Like, why would you knowingly get on a path if you don't know where it leads? Where does that lead for me? I don't fucking know. The and, general, and, the general like, comics path leads to specials and etc. See, et I guess it just, that doesn't really... It leads to being one of the greats. Excite me that much. It leads to being yeah I specials never, and then that. it totally varies about I've never movie, to television, etc. I just want to perform in front of people and I want to have a good time. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> so, almost more important. So I don't think I'll ever get a manager or an agent because that's not really good for their bottom line. Right. You know, so like, you'd be happy but unsuccessful, or <laughs> miserable and successful. That's kind of like. Well, the, I would probably if I if I got successful in that way, then I bet I wouldn't be unhappy. I bet you I would be happy being successful too. In what way? In the traditional way? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm just. I'm going to be happy no if matter what. If you were what. just like getting booked in cool cities, assuming there's Ooh, no natural I really natural want to. Okay, virus. so this is this is what I'd really like to do, Daniel. Here's my career path. In the next like year or two, I think it'd be really, really fun to build out a van and then just book a tour or two a year across the Midwest mm. and like do that and just... Yeah. Go and talk to the people and to tell them about me and here's what I'm up to. What are you guys up to? Like, just fucking do the thing. Just. Is that, that sounds interesting. That and sadly, living in a van is probably one of the only ways to make touring across the country do work. Do that though. I watch van videos all the time. I, would, I, I love it. I dreamed I about I being a road dog so comic well. when I was when I was a young comedian. Really? I wanted to. I, yeah, being See, in Florida, really I wanted to go to a different city every night. I wanted to go to a different crappy hotel every night and live that fun string weird. And I got to do little tastes of it. But like, yeah, it never, uh, that not that I did pursued it hard, but <laughs> I mean, being a road dog was kind of one of the logical paths of comedy 10 or more See, years so ago. So it probably wasn't what you wanted to do, but it was a way that you I could, could envision myself. You, you were like, I, yeah, I guess I could go do that. But it wasn't like what called you. That's how I'd you. have to make, right, like. What yeah, exactly. Calls you. This is what people do to make money and gain skill, and so I probably could see myself doing that. And you know, I just think it would be fun to go to lots of little towns and like tonight to have a schedule and to have to like be somewhere, but also to get to go and do a lot of things along the way. Like yeah. just have the journey be part of the experience a little bit. I think that would be really great. Right. I think that it would be fun to take a comedy act and do it in lots of places and just have a better idea of what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're actually putting out and like what what's up with you you know (laughs) yeah i would love to have that be fun and and then until it isn't i mean there's so many ways to do it and now you kind of find your own audience unless i have a big inspiration to write a whole lot more stuff Mm -hmm. i don't see myself really doing much more in comedy than at least at the level that i have done previously like unless something really changes yeah for me in like the ways in which i'm creating and that could happen i don't know i don't know Mm -hmm. we'll find out your expectations seem very like well adjusted Uh were they always as far as you know, when when you started, and I'll just tell, like, a real quick anecdote to get into it. Well, um, when I started comedy in, like, 2007, I got a job at a club called Side Splitters in Tampa, which is a great B club. And for those who don't know, a B club is where mostly the comedians featuring are those on their way up 
or on their way down. Yes. It's a wonderful place to catch a lot of kinds of comedy, but the A comedy clubs are the people who get the biggest names. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I worked lights and sound, and I would start to talk to comedians, and eventually I talked, um, and it didn't take long to talk to someone who I was like, wow, what do you want to do? Da, da, da. Um, thinking they're going to tell me all these lofty ideals, and they're just like, I just want to make a living, man. I'm just... Just trying to just put food on the table, doing... just trying to do okay and get by, and and it blew my mind that like you don't want to be the next George Carlin, I, I you don't guess... want to be the next huge name, and and that was like my naivety at the time, of being such like well, if I'm getting in this I'm gonna be Jimi Hendrix I'm gonna be you know well shouldn't you want but that for yourself exactly where's where's the line and yeah and I when should is probably it okay like, up to, my expectations to start tempering. <laughs> Right. Are you, are you diminishing your potential or are you being realistic in a way that's going to lead to a healthier brain? I guess it doesn't matter as long as you're having a good time. Hmm. Like, as right. long as you're having a good time. It's a different fit for everyone. Yeah, but, yeah. But the right fit is important. Like, if you're going to, like, beat yourself. Here's here's what it is. I wouldn't mind being, like, like A-lister performer of some sort. That would be great because because I, I could appreciate that because I want to be appreciated for the thing it is that I'm passionate about. Who mm. doesn't? But, like, honestly, I could be just as happy doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Honestly, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good in my life right now. Uh, so getting I'm getting to know myself. That's what I'm doing right now. Hmm. Getting to know myself. And, and when I'm feeling better about that which i am mm-hmm. uh i'll you know set my goals outward again and then who knows where i'll go getting to who know, knows that's what an I'll interesting do. way to put it like were you not getting to know yourself earlier in your life well i just got so swept up you know over the last few years with comedy and that what I'm supposed brain, to be doing and what I what mm. I need to do and how I need to do it and what I need from other people in order for me to reach my goals and oh and that's what it is is like when you start like telling yourself the story that other people have control over what you do what you can or can't do mm-hmm. like you get stuck and then you try to appease that person you would tr- uh, try to like do what it is you think you should do and it really gums up like even being able to hear yourself over the noise that you make, you know, mm. like, right. so you develop voice after voice until you have a whole chorus in your head telling you're like, you, what am I supposed to do? I to feel do so lost, mm. you know? So it's like, how so, can you hear your own gut? Right. All of the best things you, that I've ever done with my life from happening and how do you clear that out? Impulse decisions, everything really? I've ever done in my life that I can look back at and be like, that is a pivotal fucking linchpin moment decision whatever yeah both good and bad the action that inspired that decision was totally on an impulse totally on a fucking like oh that seems like the thing to do boom Hmm. done that's very uh what is that zen like you you should make important decisions in no more than seven breaths kind of a thing (laughs) okay cool i like that and if it takes you longer than that then it means like don't do it Right, you've you made know, the like, decision by overthinking the, it. Exactly. If, you, if it was so, a yes, you would have said yes. Totally. Well totally. put. So, well, okay. So it's like, hmm. it's like you know, all of my best decisions have come that way. And and when I get so noisy with other expectations and with other things going on and all the shoulds that I have in my head, mm-hmm. 
when I when I can't hear my own like gut over the shoulds in my head, I know I gotta get quiet. And this is the first time in my life I've really like let myself do it. You're you're quieting the shoulds for the first time in a long time. Trying to, they Mm. keep popping up, but like should manage comedy. Comedy was a big a big should for me. So many shoulds. It's so hard to break that to. at first, so right? Many... When you lived so completely in that world for so and long. And honestly, it's only till this quarantine where, it, like, the guilt has totally, finally, one hundred percent abated. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know I should be. You know, it's like, oh, I. I literally cannot. You know, I was supposed to have a show this last Saturday, a week ago now. <laughs> it got canceled, uh-huh. um, which it should have, of course. And it's mid March right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Um, but, like, I had guilt that whole last week about, like, oh, I know I need to go out to a mic and make sure that I know what I'm doing and I've got to, I, I know I'll show up and I'll be so rusty and that'll suck. But, like, oh, I'm, what are you going to go tell the jokes that you're going to tell on Saturday? Like, your old stuff with, that you know works at this open mic? Like, no, you're not going to do that. So you got to, like, write new stuff to do the thing. And, right. like, and then I ended up just not going to an open mic. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, that's... Oh. That's a whole lot of pressure. Better not do it. <laughs> right. There was like so many conditions right there. And on the well, other and side, it's only, like, just don't they're go. Well, and they're only conditions that I put on myself. You know, like. But they're conditions. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. There's... I'll know it's the right time to <sighs> go to an open mic when I don't think about it. It's when like... I just say, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. And I go. Yeah, do you think? I do because think. Because I. And I, maybe I that'll that, never happen. I would happen. love that, but I worry about that in the way that people say like, you know, you can't. Always just wait for inspiration. Like if you're writing, sometimes you That's just got to sit down and put your hands on the, that is true. the paper or the keyboard. See, everything I say, I also disagree with. <laughs> I'm, the sa- I'm the same way because it's this whole thing, a lot, a big theme of this I just, podcast is I just don't want to do it. it. I don't want to do uh-huh. comedy from a place of have to's or shoulda's or, or any of that. Like, I, I have to. I, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think that works for me. And for some people, well, it's the same thing as like some people need a trainer that's going to yell at them and motivate them that way. I do not work well like that. That's a turn that. off for some. I do not. Like the gotcha. second you start criticizing me, then I'm just like, well, why would I do it in front of you then? I'll go uh. over here and do it without <laughs> you. Bye. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like, unless you're going to be constructive, get the fuck out of here with that, you know? Hmm. Yeah. How, how nice does a comedian have to be to themselves how when is it how nice does a person need to be to themselves does a comedian have to be less nice than a person does no to excel at comedy no to themselves no no don't that can't be true i Mm -hmm. think it's the same rules for everyone for everything you're doing i don't think there are any exceptions to this human equation they're like I mean, do you think this... I almost want to say comedy is just harder, though. I think I think part of what it is is that some of the business around comedy like requires a certain personality type and a certain mindset to really excel at that part. Right. Um, and the those business. are the people that you Whoa. see. And so then you think, oh, in order to be funny, i got to be like that. But that's not necessarily true. They just excelled at all the other little pieces that go around the thing that you're trying to do. What's up with those so pieces? So it depends. It what depends is up with on... those pieces? I don't know. Like, when you get into comedy, knew, you want to be guess, funny, right? Yeah. And you think that just if being I funny... If I knew, I guess I'd mastered it by now, <sighs> but what? I don't fucking know. How, how has it come to be that there's so many other pieces involved, like, 
I don't want to come off like I'm whining, but, well, you know, you get into comedy to be funny. Yeah. And you think, if I'm just funny enough, everything else will fall into place. But there's so, you have to be your own manager, your own agent, your own everything, strategy, marketing, until you get to the point where someone else can do that for you and you don't. You have to put the product together it's enough for like them to see the package. They don't, like, at that point, it's like, what can they do? That you can't well, they do can do it at a bigger connect- scale. They can. They know the connections to the people they, in the they big can rooms. Do, and they can do it at a bigger scale. And now you don't have to. It's, just, it's the same as yeah. any small business. You do it yourself until you grow the company enough mm-hmm. to then like be like, okay, now you do this. Oh, and now I don't have to do that. Right. That's exactly how my position at work right now got created. Is like ah. the boss had been doing it, and then like it got to the point where it's like, well, I. There's enough of it, and I got enough other stuff I could be doing that it's worth my money to hire someone else to do that stuff. And, oh, uh shit, now I don't have to do any of that grunt work. Mm. Fuck yeah. Now I don't have to manage myself. Now I don't have to, like, do all that. Now you can be a completely different comedian than the one you were before. The one that made you to this place. It's got to be... Oh, fuck. What a mindfuck. It's such a strange dynamic. You know, like... By the time you get it, you don't need it, but you get, I mean, you get it and you need it and you want it, but it's, yeah. Another one of comedy's straight, well, the business of comedy, I think, is got to be one of the main ways that people who are truly funny and talented just get sick or washed out or they don't yeah, between care that to jump and through the hoops or of like, like substances. That's another, between business that's another and big substances. part of the pie chart. Those it's are, true. Those are probably at least 25% parts Yeah, I of definitely, if, if I'm lacking anything in my comedy career, it's definitely business sense stuff mm. section part. Right. I, I just, mean, I've never been good. And, and I think maybe it ties into that competitiveness competitivity whichever the word is <laughs> in english <laughs> this is my first and only language <laughs> oh, boy um when, it, pe- when people like fighting each other to be good <laughs> like it's it just, just like like you you get yeah business and competitivity and like I all mean, of that like it just and it, it ain't it ain't like uh i i, I lack it ain't that. the food industry that's not changing in huge ways it's like a business that is not only recent but as far as all business are concerned it's only existed for a while and then the way it oh, constantly is changing all comedy the time or entertainment comedy in, just stand whole. up just stand up comedy sure as like what it is in its current form well see i i feel you like know, there's not even, even most yeah. stand-up comedians who like like if you look at the the vast range of their career how much money do they actually make from just only solely stand-up like they go on to be writers and they go on to be tv personalities and Mm -hmm. actors and like books albums like that yeah like that's that's something they do but like like i wonder if you were to like percentile it out Percentages out, man. Yeah, just to this see the, is a good <laughs> Yeah, um, I always love like, wondering about the percentages and the statistics of how many and how many good comedians are kind of in that Steve Martin route where they get good enough at comedy to start movies, and then once they're in the movies, they're like, "Why would I do comedy anymore?" You're like, you "I mean, don't need to do that." He like hit a wall in his stuff with the theaters. And well, once you take your entire stadiums. audience out for ice cream, like, what the fuck do you do? Andy Kaufman. How do you follow that? No, that was Steve Martin. Oh, he did that too? Oh, I'm thinking of the milk 
thing Andy Kaufman oh, no. did he milk took, and cookies. He took the entire audience like, and they got into cabs and they went to an ice cream That's shop awesome. and they... Cleaned them out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nuts. it's an interesting case where like, oh, I have too much success. What do I do? But but just in general, some, well, some people do That's stand what up. That's what you do. You and have once, fun. Right. Once they get, once they get the stand up, the opportunities that being good at stand up can lead you to... I wonder how many, you know, some people are like, finally, I can stop doing stand-up. And some people are like, no, why would I ever stop doing stand-up? That's the core of my being. You know, and <coughs> any, anywhere in between those things. Um, like, it, it brings I me to a solid question well, maybe this is, I can ask. Maybe yeah. this is selfish of me, but like, stand-up is absolutely just a step to somewhere else for me. It's not the end-all, be-all of my soul. Right. It is one delicious, amazing beautiful chapter in my life mm. and maybe because my book is more like a choose your own adventure book than a straight read through novel like maybe i'll come back to this section again you know uh-huh. like i'll go back to page 32 <laughs> right we gotta we got we can we can do that why not um but like like it's not it is a stepping do, stone do to me, think, and it should be a stepping you, stone i yeah. just want to get good at everything i want to be good at fucking everything right i want to have so much as i sit here in my flight suit <laughs> I bought a, a thrift store flight suit, and it's what I'm wearing for this apocalypse perfect, season. Perfect Paco gear. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to like have so many tools in my tool ba- belt. Mm, like I just right. want to do it all. I want to do everything. Rather and be a I jack do of all have, I do have a history of like starting something and getting really into it and learning so much about it and then that leading me to something else that like just turns my head and like bursts my insides open and i'm like this thing yes and then i you know do that for a few years and then i move on to a new thing and that's all right do you think because have you always felt that way about comedy could you have in your first few years of comedy could you have admitted something like that well no no not at all because well a because it wouldn't have been true then mm-hmm. and b because i spent the first probably f- four to five years of comedy like being like yeah i'm doing it but <laughs> oh you know, i'm barely doing it <laughs> mm-hmm. and like just a few years of being like no i'm fucking doing it and then i was like all oh in. this doesn't suit me Ooh, get it off being get an all-in comedian you get tried it on for a while but it wasn't well, I, I tried it, it on energetically i didn't even like I, it's uh-huh. just something that I started thinking about in my own Talking head. shit even about improv people. <laughs> That's up how you nothing. do it. That's how you do it. You know you're deep in it. Yeah. No. Uh, improv is fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're fun to love and talk shit about. Yeah. Just like that. It's true. It's true. But that's a that's a fun side tangent, and stand up versus improv is a fun I don't thing. Know. I've been you're thinking about the taking world. some improv classes. I'm I'm not against it. I think I. I would have in Miami when I started if there had been good classes, but there just weren't uh, that I knew of or could find. Yeah, and then eventually I got into the thing where it's like, improv, why can't you just write some shit? You just can't think of anything good enough, so you got to talk about bananas all the time. I love bananas. Just talking shit (laughs) about your fellow performers and brothers in arms. I don't know. Um, I just, yeah, this is a stepping stone. I can't wait to see what I do next. That's basically it. It's that's just a cool like, way to look at it. It's I all going to feed into had, each other. Because I've had this experience now. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, maybe I'll go back to it and maybe I'll have more. If and when I really dig into com, stand-up comedy again, um, I'll have more to bring to it. Mm-hmm. 
from having had a hiatus or whatever this is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just out here having fun. That's great. I once it, it's something I've said to people for a long time is part of doing comedy is not doing comedy. And well, you've gotten very good at it, Daniel. I'm well the best done. at that part. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, keeping the uh, the mouths closed and dry. Um, <coughs> Sorry, this is <coughs> COVID for twenty. I swear. <laughs> <coughs> Um, yeah, you know, and sometimes if you do comedy long enough, you're going to have to take a break for some reason, uh, for some amount of time. And, and once you're a comedian, are you always a comedian? How long do you not have to do stand-up for before you are not a stand-up comedian and you just become a comedian? (laughs) (laughs) I I got guilty at one point and I just put that on my profile. So I was like, I'm a comedian. But there's still like my videos and stuff to stand up. Yeah. For. You know, I'm, I'm like, because that's get, something I would people criticize get... people for when I was a hardcore stand up. Is oh, like, you're not a comedian. I don't you know. Say I guess I'm a hobby I mean, comedian now. I right, do it for fun. I'm a hobby life liver. I'm just, I'm right? just doing it for and fun. I remember it's like, just for fun. Hating on the ho- on the hobbyist at first because that's like a, such a high schooly thing, like to do. Oh, you guys are serious. You're not doing it for real. But it's like, no, they're actually. Might be doing it for truer reasons than we're doing just it. Because it sounds like they fun. just want to fucking do it. They're not worried about the end game. They're not worried. I guess they, they, they just got jobs and like lives having and... all the weight of all the expectations. A lot of them are really shitty getting down to me. <laughs> down <laughs> yeah. me. It just like yeah. expectations. It was to bring all the other me stuff. Down. I didn't like it. Right. I mean, how long before your family and close friends like? have their expectations adjusted before like oh my friend started comedy they're gonna be the next big thing before like oh my friend does comedy on a regular level before like oh i have a friend who's a comedian you know it's kind of like they do comedy and it like i have a friend who's in a band and i have a friend who's no, pe- an artist people, but but they have day jobs nah, they they expect something of you yeah always is there always. that voice that's like oh, i can't wait to show all my friends and exes how successful and awesome i am and then eventually you have to temper that voice and be like, mm, no, they're not really going to. They wouldn't be impressed by this. I mean, I'm not trying to make them <laughs> jealous or anything anyway. That's a stupid thing to want. But also, there's it's not going to happen either. Yeah, <laughs> like, nah, nah. Just adjusting, like, those lofty See, ideals. I just don't. That's good. You never had that. And you came of, from theater, which is cool. It's none of their business, damn it. I'm I living think... my life. And no matter what I do, I'm going to be awesome and amazing. Right. So I mean... they're going to eat it no matter what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you had a leg up from being part of the arts already. Like, rather than That's someone true. who, like, for me, I was not that person. And then stand-up was kind of a surprise to people who knew me. They knew I was funny, but I never expressed that desire to, like, be that guy on stage. Ooh. Front of the class. Um you were coming from theater. Did you have your own separate journey that kind of mirrored comedy in the way that when you started theater, you thought you would be on Broadway or in movies or things like that, and then you had to kind of wisen and, and learn the realities of just the art of theater and how it's cool to just so, be an actor. Yeah. And... Um, really, the reason I wanted to become an actor more than anything was because then I wouldn't have to choose what I was when I grew up. That was really how it started. Like, ooh, I'll just be all of the things. 
I'll be an actor, so I'll be all the things. You'll pretend to be all the things, and then but you're just I an actor. I don't have to... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did wise up to that eventually. I was like, oh, this is actually a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, okay. Because when did you start acting? <laughs> oh, I don't know, 10 or 11. Yeah. No, yeah, like did it all through high school and all that. And, and what was your like big acting dream that you had to kind of either let go of or just realize was kind of a, a, a child's dream or a... Uh, an entr- entry level I dream. I haven't really let go of it yet. Right, which is fine too. Like, really, the whole dream was just like, oh, I want to be a performer. And I didn't play any music. That was just I never a had a musical right. instrument. I was I, like, I I'm going to be a performer. I want to be on stage. I want to, I want to entertain I want people. To I want that. to be on stage. And it always was a stage in my mind. Like, and having to like try to think about like filming and being on camera is like mm. a real mind fuck for me. I don't like it so much. Dang. And I should take a class or something. DCPA has some good like film classes that's, and stuff. That's but... something I might have assumed you would have been over. Ooh, not given yet. All the various not ex- yet. You've done a ton of things and like. And I have been filmed multiple times. Yeah, sketch I'm just like, I don't like theater it. and stand up and <laughs> pictures. Yeah. That's funny. Do, do we ever get over those things? Maybe. We'll find out. Do people? Some people do. most do. people? Yeah. Some people adapt. Hmm. That's interesting that, I mean, you really sparked a memory for me about why I wanted to, why I loved comedy, was I got to go on a uh, cruise ship when I was really young, when my parents were still together. So I was like six or seven years old. And one of the nights there was a comedian that I got to go to. Ooh. And his name was Dan Bennett. And I remember that Shout because out Dan Bennett. His, his whole bit was like, he'd say something stupid by accident and then he'd go like, damn, Bennett, like he was saying, damn. And like my little six-year-old brain exploded and I was like, this is the best thing ever. You know, I found like my secret little dream and um, I have looked him up. I haven't Cute. found anything since then. But right, just that pure, at that moment, I didn't want to be the most famous comedian. I didn't want to be the best comedian. I just wanted to be that guy on stage making people laugh. The person doing something fun and creative and funny yeah um and i I definitely lost the shit out of that somewhere along the way well maybe you'll find it again Hmm. my my early memory would be casa bonita i was probably like oh i want to say four years old for those who don't know and haven't seen south park it is an actual real life mexican restaurant themed like a fantastic <laughs> waterfall paradise of mexico yes. where there's cliff divers and a magic cave and like crappy dinosaurs <laughs> it's wonderful it's a colorado like oh. staple but they have stage divers so i'm four years old in my br- little four-year-old brain like all the like wooden railings and stuff they have along the water is just like gigantic over my head and like there's tiki torches and there's christmas lights everywhere and there's just like lights and sound and like chlorine and running water <laughs> like, chlorine and refried beans it's, just, true. Mm. it's true um but we you know we sat up high and we looked down kind of over it felt like it was like kind of over at the cliff divers and and they did the shootout and then one of them fell into the Ooh. water and like and i knew it was all pretend i knew it was like just for entertainment but at the same time it was like the most daring like hot heart-stopping show i had ever <laughs> seen these two men which i found out later were like 17 year olds well, yeah <laughs> 19 usually barely pubescent boys yeah. <laughs> oh but like i was just like man what a show 
Yeah. Like my Knocked mom. your little socks off. Well, yeah, it did. It did. It did. What a show. I just have always wanted to be... I want to put on a show. You want to make people feel Let's that. Let's put on a show. Let's... Yeah. It's the best. Mm. That's awesome as we're... As we're rounding up. That feels... Like we're getting back to kind of the heart of comedy. Like there's so many paths that can wriggle out. Like the million arms and tentacles <laughs> that it's easy to get lost and realize we're all kind of headed in the same direction which is that which is just like we want to make some people laugh capture know? some joy right reflect yeah. it back oh <laughs> get <Yeah>. woo woo <laughs> one thing I, I so far i'm liking to end the podcast on is kind of going over any like burning regrets we have and being able to soothe those regrets with some perspective Ooh, burning regrets. Like, was did I try hard enough? Like, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess I wish I hadn't been um, so caught up in the social aspect of it when I first started. A huge like, part. I drank a lot. And a lot of that was just, like, what I was going through at the time. Like, just where I was at. Non-comedy like, related life? Not, yeah, non-comedy. Just where I was at in life. Like, yeah. it was a it was a strange little time. Sure. But that's where people our, always seem to find stuff, comedy. Right? When they, nobody's ever like a well-adjusted person and then starts <laughs> doing comedy. And I, I hate to say that, but it's kind of true. For the most part. <laughs> like, people are always like going through something. I mean, they're like, this is a good idea. <laughs> I'd say maybe almost, we're probably growing 20%. That are like just well-adjusted people with good jobs who are also funny and nice. That's true. That like, is true. It's like, a thing that's are. happening, and <laughs> it's it's always are. head scratching because you assume everyone else is kind it's of going through some shit. It's a lovely thing to see. It's really great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely like going through some shit when I started. So, so there's a lot of uh, partying and hanging. See, because that's something well, I regret too. Is I didn't hang enough like, here in Denver to make those extra good relationships people make and that I had in Miami that you just get from eating shit and hanging out, doing nothing and partying. Um, you know, you got, there's very few comedians that are funny enough to like not hang at all and be good at hanging at all to like really make it <laughs> at least in the local scene. Yeah. I don't know. There's some combination yeah. of even if you're not that funny on stage and you're like a great hang, there's like a sliding scale where pe certain people will book you. I think sliding um, scale is a great way to put it, like on all fronts. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't just slide in one direction, though. It slides in like It's a million variables. Yeah, totally. Totally. Sure, I get that. Totally. So, so when you say you regret you might have spent too much time getting in the social and the... And well, the... and I just, I wasn't paying attention enough to... You, I think I could have gotten to, to the core of who I am faster. But maybe then again, maybe I couldn't have. Right. You know, maybe this, ex like, where am I? Ah, I have such appreciation for where I am right now. You wouldn't have got to the core if it was faster. So like, you would have, right. Uh, you would have got to a shower. I guess or, it's, or maybe. you know what? Fuck it. I ain't got shit for regrets. There we go. I got zero regrets, Daniel. There we go. I'll do it the same again every time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another question. Talk to me again in 30 Not, years. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a redo. Uh, we should at that point reboot. What, what, um, not to say that if you could go back, would you do it differently? But if you could go back and give yourself advice, 
as a starting comedian. Ooh, lean in a little more. Be confident. On stage, off stage. Uh, da, 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 da. With, with, with your material, with your... <sighs> yeah, I guess so. With my material, with uh, what I... Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, if I had been confident in that, though... If, oh, if I had been 100% conf- confident, I wouldn't have, like, come through the journey of, like, figuring out why it wasn't fitting and why it wasn't, like, you know, like... You need to uh, scrutinize yourself. Yeah, and that helped me in, like, in so many personal ways. <laughs> right. Imagine if you could go back and, like, tell yourself to be more confident and then you were just a crappier comedian. Right? Like, <laughs> I was just, like, a shithead. <laughs> Fuck. No, Timmy. No. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um... I, I, but I well, guess but actual, like, believe, in, believe in myself uh-huh. a little bit more. Just like don't cut my own legs out from underneath me quite so much. Because I do have a tendency to do that. Right. And I know that. So, uh, you know, just a little bit of like. Separate little, the critic a little from the good, creator. A little good self pep talk. Like, oh, I mean, okay. Here's a question, Daniel. Would you believe you if you came from the future and you were like, dude, it all fucking turned out great. Like, believe in yourself. It's going great. Would I believe me? Do, oh, I think I would. I'm gullible like, as hell. I'd why be like, would I be coming back in time yeah. if there wasn't a problem? If everything worked out great, I wouldn't need to go visit well, myself. Well, because you to... need to go back to the past to tell oh, yourself to believe yourself. because I have to, to lie to myself. To... No, no, no. It's, it's like, you know that if you go back and tell yourself to believe in themselves, that you Things will succeed. Things would have been different. And... It's and, a paradox. And then I get back to the future and I'm in my mansion and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I made it. And then I realize my life's empty and no uh, one connects with me anymore and I'm an asshole. <laughs> I think that movie's been made a few times by now. Uh, yeah. Which version of that's the thing about regrets? Right, <laughs> right. Regrets and what ifs is are they're fun exercises, but, but only exercises. But, only... but don't you have an appreciation for where you are right now and who you are right now? I do. Just a little bit? No, Just no, I do. Bit. I'm not coming out of a place from, yeah. from like, pain and loss. I am I can sympathize with you in that I'm growing a lot of different skill sets in the idea that one day I think they'll all tie together in a wonderful way. And I don't know if that's going to be in me creating a work that's, like, a movie or being a play or a book or yeah. or some sort of series or who knows what. maybe Or some, something I, that hasn't even been yep. invented yet. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, or even something straight laced or whatever. I am, I mean, this year I almost got a marketing job that would have like changed my entire life. And it was this whole weird experience where I was getting ready to do creative marketing for this cool company. And then it didn't happen. It was just a bunch like of scheduling happen. bullshit and never even happened. And, uh, it really shook me up, but it was the thing I needed to kind of like remind me like, what are, what am I doing? What really am I? And yeah, I get, is the path I I'm on little, the path I want to be on? Yeah, I get a little choice in all this. Yeah. I get some choice in all I this. I should get a like, little choice in we, my life. What yeah. are we doing here? What's the story we're telling? Yeah. What's the story we're telling? What is the story? That's all I want to know. Like, that's really all. Ugh. I just want my story to be a good story. Hmm, so but... I'm going to make it a good story regardless of what I do. So if it's not stand-up, it'll be something else. It'll be something else. There's always going to be something else. Mm. I don't know. I, I find comfort in that thought. So like, I'll go back to I'll I'll go back to comedy. I like it too much. I, It'll I, always be there. Yeah, yeah. Go tell anywhere. some jokes. 
get up on stage. You can only get so rusty, this works. right? I it's mean, true. Like, I feel like after a certain point, you're not going to just forget how to talk. Just sand it. You it's a bicycle. It'll be fine. Rusty old bike. <laughs> yeah. Oil can. <laughs> Damn. Any more questions? I think... Uh, Have you grilled me enough, sir? I think, yeah. I love interviews. That was the good cop. Now the bad cop is going to, bad interviewer is going to come in. Oh, no. Really? Tell me that. Did you work hard enough, Timmy? Did did you really try? You know what? I didn't didn't work hard enough. I didn't work hard enough. Can't yet. That's all right. I'm I'm forgiving myself. I'm in the process of forgiving myself for not working hard enough. Yeah. 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 It's fine. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to look back at yourself, but it's good as long as you don't end up just beating yourself up. And I would hope everyone out there listening and that can sympathize to any of this stuff. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. Be your friend. Don't let yourself talk about yourself like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Timmy? This was great. Thank you so much Aww, for being with us. Just that I love you. Oh, I love you back. Ah. It's been great living with you and going on comedy journeys in Denver and being able to, to bounce off each other like that. So, uh, Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. This was a fun thing to talk about. I'm in a pretty good mood right now. I really talked myself into a good mood. This yeah. is a great thing to do during the quarantine. Positivity. <laughs> and thank you for breaking up what will inevitably be a long string of white males who will probably be... <laughs> so many people. But I'm guessing I'm talking about quitting oh, how comedy. Many, how many more women quit comedy? I know that I have like a couple I'm holding on to. Oh, good. I'm gonna have Hold to, on to them. To, to pepper them in like the wonderful spice of male shame because that's just statistically well, it's gonna be a lot of white dudes well but more men try comedy that's exactly. just, just what it is so obviously more men quit I dream for the, the age where I can interview just as many honestly women as failed women <laughs> as failed men glad to be the first <laughs> of what will hopefully be many <laughs> <laughs> thank you Tammy oh uh, yeah